Well, good morning. Thank you guys for that. It is such an honor to pastor here at this church. And uh, I was thinking about, um, you know, it's, it's always nice to be appreciated, but I was thinking about uh, in Hebrews 13, where we were just, we were just studying through Hebrews, and uh, I'm trying to find, <laughs> oh yeah, Hebrews 13, 17, talking about your leaders, and it says, do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden. And you guys, as a church, like, you take that to heart, like, it is such a joy to serve you as your pastor. It's not a burden uh, at all. Of course, there's a burden in prayer and, and whatnot, but uh, we have the best church congregation. I just feel like we have the best church, and I told everybody that. We just have the best church, so you guys are awesome. So um, thank you for just being a blessing and an honor to to uh, to preach to and to be your pastor. So we're going to get into the Word, and uh, I want to bring us back for a moment uh, to our theme for the year. It's crazy to think that like November is in a couple days. I feel like it was just like last month where I stood up here and said, God's going to move mountains in 2022. I believe, I truly, I truly believe that. And, and our theme for the year is moving mountains. And we believe that when Jesus says that we can move mountains in his name, that it's possible. Amen? I hope that some of you this year have seen God move some mountains out of your way. Maybe not physically. Maybe there's some physical things, but maybe there's some things in your mindsets and some situations, some circumstances where you've seen God come through for you in situations that felt like, well, this might have felt like an impossible situation. I'm up and up against this. And when I have seen God move something massive in, in the way in my life, is there, is there anyone that's just, I'm not going to ask you to come up and share a testimony, but is there anyone where you just feel like, you know, God's moved some things out of the way and cleared some paths this year? Is there anyone in here? Amen. I believe that, see, here's the thing, the year's not over yet. <laughs> and, and there's sometimes that there's, there's a final push. There's a final push sometimes that I feel like we need. You know, you get to those places in your life where you, you've been coming up against something and you feel like you're just hitting the wall and you're, you're pushing and you're pushing and nothing's happening. And there's that, there's that final push sometimes that's needed. Have you ever watched, anyone ever watch a football game before? Right? So on, when you're on the one yard line, you run the ball, right? Um, just to be clear, just to be clear. <laughs> Some people still haven't learned that lesson. Um, but, but what happens is, is a lot of times the running back will get the ball and they'll go and they'll just hit a wall, a pile. And, and what I love to see happens is they just keep moving and moving. And if you got a good offensive line, they'll get that final push in there and the pile will eventually just <laughs> topple over into the end zone. But it doesn't happen on first contact always. It, it sometimes requires that final push. And I love when the quarterback, who's like, aside from the, the kicker and punter, like the least strong, physically intimidating per people on the team, get in there and just push along with it. It's that final push. And, and it's been interesting. You watch games and you just sit there and you're like, this person didn't get in, they didn't get in, they didn't get in. Remember Marshawn Lynch? Uh, he didn't get in, he didn't get in, he didn't get in. Oh, he got in. and Because he just kept pushing. And sometimes it's that final push. And I believe that this with this sermon series that we're going to jump into today is really about, it's a final push. And this series is called Jericho Must Fall. Amen. I want to say that to some of the walls and some of the mountains in your life. Some of you have been walking around walls feeling like nothing's happening. I want to just declare over your life, Jericho must fall. In the name of Jesus, Jericho must fall. You see, in the Old Testament, the Israelites 
they had come across an obstacle in their quest for freedom. They had been, they had been freed from Egypt out of slavery. I've been reading through Exodus. It's, it's crazy, that whole chain of events that happened. And they, they're out here in the wilderness. They've been wandering. Now a series of failures and, and moral wrong turns kept them in the wilderness for 40 years. And, uh, and, and, but now is the time. Now is the time where we pick up in Joshua chapter 1, and we hear the Lord saying to Joshua, Joshua, now is the time. So Moses and, and all the Israelites who had kind of been, made all these mistakes in the, in the wilderness, they had all passed away. And now it was time for, there was just two guys left, Joshua and Caleb. They were men who had faith, even when no one else did. And so the Lord comes to Joshua. He says, Joshua, it's time now. It's time to possess the land. It's time for me to fulfill my promise. But see, there was a mountain in the way, in the way of a stronghold called Jericho a city that was a stronghold, a city that was in a strategic place that would, be, that would prevent the Israelites from really occupying the land that God called them to. Now, this town was a town that was fortified by thick walls designed to keep an enemy out, walls so massive that houses were built into it. Now, their houses might not have been like 5,000 square feet, but still, there was houses built into the wall. It was a big wall. It was designed to keep the people out that were coming to attack. And this Jericho was standing in the way of the promise. And if these people, if God's people who had been in the wilderness, and some of you have been in a wilderness season in your life, and if we are going to experience the goodness of God, if we are going to experience the fullness of God's promise to us, the measure of everything that he has for us, just like we're going to read about in Joshua 1, Jericho must fall. And I believe that as we, we wrap up this year in this series, some of you are dealing with your own Jerichos and fortified places that you can't seem to break through. You've got walls blocking your view of the other side where you can't even see what's on the other side. There's no hope because there's a wall in the way blocking the view of what God has in store for you. Jericho must fall. Will you just declare that out of your mouth on the count of three? Jericho must fall. One, two, three. Jericho must fall. I want you to think about any place in your life right now, a place in which you're saying, you know what, I haven't seen a breakthrough here. I'm really struggling. I, I, I want to give up. I'm, I'm hurting. I'm wounded. Or, or I need something impossible to happen. I want you to just think of that thing right now. And I want you to just imagine a, a giant city with fortified walls around it. And I want you to take the name of that thing. I want you to just kind of in your mind, just write it all over the wall like graffiti. Okay, do you see that? That's Jericho. And I want to, again, on the count of three, I want to declare out over that thing, Jericho must fall. One, two, three. Jericho must fall. Let's get into the word Joshua chapter one. It says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses said, Moses, my servant, is dead. There's a really good dad joke in there, by the way, but I'll skip it. Uh, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with you, Moses, as I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. 
Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land that I swore their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord God will be with you wherever you go. So the Lord comes to Joshua, and he begins with, Joshua, it's time now. Joshua, it's time. Arise, prepare yourself, get up. Now is the time. Be ready to take the land. Joshua, I want you to get ready to fight for what I've promised you. But Joshua, for Jericho to fall, I need you to be strong and courageous. It's going to require you to be strong and courageous if Jericho is going to fall. This time, now there's many battles in the Old Testament where the Lord said, just sit back and watch. And we'll find how this, I don't want to spoil the ending, maybe you already know the story, but we'll get to how this happens later. But he says, Joshua, if this is going to happen, you've got to be strong and courageous. This is a reoccurring message in Joshua's life. And I want you to kind of be aware of this message. This isn't the first time Joshua heard these things. Do you ever feel like the Lord's spoken something to you and you're like, yeah, I've heard that before 10 times, Lord, you've... This is confirmation. Because in Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 7 and 8, Moses tells Joshua as he's passing the baton, Joshua, be strong and courageous. Moses tells him. And then here in Joshua 1, 6, the Lord says, be strong and courageous. And then in verse 7, he says, be strong and very courageous. And then in verse 9, he says, be strong and courageous. And so Joshua goes to the people and he says, will you follow me? And then in verse 16 through 18 of verse 1, they said, only if you will be strong and courageous. (laughs) I think I got it, Lord. (laughs) I think you're trying to tell me something. Do you ever have those moments in your life? That's confirmation. Those moments where you think, God, you are speaking to me right now. And I believe God is speaking to us in the same way, fresh today. Do you believe his word is alive and active? That the word of God is inspired by the Holy Spirit and he will speak to us fresh today. In fact, I want to pray over this because I believe that the Lord wants to do something. There's a shift that he wants to do. So Lord, I pray right now that you would shift something in our hearts and our minds right now. The places where we've been discouraged, we've been on the brink of giving up where we aren't sure if we can take another step for another day, Lord, you would speak to us today. Be strong and courageous. Lord, I pray that you would come and you would speak to our hearts right now in the midst of this message, Lord, that we would, we would, we would discover what it is that fuels that courage that you want to place within us, Lord God, for Jericho to fall. Lord, I declare right now over every person in this room, Lord God, and every person who's watching online and listening to the podcast right now, Lord, I pray, Lord God, that that they would see Jericho fall by the end of this year. Not sometime in the distant future. God, I'm asking you now. I'm asking you, Lord God, that you would break through. Break through marriages right now in the name of Jesus. Break through. God, break through addiction right now. Break through anxiety and, and depression that is crippling. Lord, break through. I pray that you'd break through job situations right now that feel like they're at a dead end or that feel like there's just too much that you're coming up against. Lord, we declare to those Jerichos right now they will fall in the name of Jesus. And so, Lord, let your word be alive to us today and give us the courage that we need. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. All right, that felt like the end of the message, but man, God is just stirring. He says, be strong and courageous. I want to look at these words one at a time, except for and. We'll just look at be strong. We know what and means. Be. This is a direct command from God. This is not a suggestion. Sometimes the Lord is very specific with us, and he says, this is what I have for you. And we kind of wrestle with it, and we kind of get ourselves to this place where we find a, kind of rationalize, you know, I think God was kind of just suggesting that could work, but, you know, I've also got this other idea over here. And he says to Joshua, be. This, the word be here in the Greek is a direct command. Not, Joshua, here's the deal. It would be helpful if you could be a little courageous in this event. It, it, would, it would make things a little better. He says, no, I am commanding you to be strong and courageous. I think sometimes in our own lives, we need to allow our spirit to command our emotions and allow our spirit to command our mind, and allow our spirit to command our actions. That when we are in a situation and we're going to say something that we know we probably shouldn't say, that our spirit should rise up. You ever get that little warning within you where the Holy Spirit's like, don't, don't, you know, the red light starts flashing, and you're like, your flesh is like, I'm pushing through, I'm running the red light, right? Our spirit needs to say, no, no, I command you <laughs> to walk by the spirit. So he says, be a command. Then he says, strong, be strong. The Greek word is chazak, and it means, well, it means strong also, actually, right? Because it says strong. But besides that, it means to prevail, to conquer, to press in, to be secure, planted, and confident. And I love this, this last little definition, to be obstinate. Some of you are like, I got that one down. I'm good. To be strong, to be obstinate. It's more than just physical strength. This is strength of faith, strength of character, strength of mindset. You get yourself in, an, in a situation where you're being tempted and there's a compromise and you're like, should I compromise here or not? And the strength that we have says, no, I'm going to be obstinate. I will only live by the Lord's ways. And I will have strength in this moment. The word courageous, the Greek, uh, so I said Greek, I meant Hebrew. The Hebrew word amats. It means alert, bold, brave, assured, determined, persistent, and strong. Again, there's an essence of strength in courage. And I looked up courage in the dictionary. It says bravery, that quality of mind which enables men to encounter danger and difficulties with firmness or without fear or depression, valor, boldness, and resolution. That's courage. That is the courage that God wants us to have, that I believe God has already placed into us. You know, when you talk about the word courage, there's two different types of um, prefixes to the word courage besides just courage. There's encourage and discourage. If you were to be encouraged, that means to place courage in you, and to discourage is to paralyze courage in you. And you need people around you in your life who are going to encourage you. It begins with the Lord. The Lord will always encourage you unless you're about to sin. Then he will discourage you from sinning. But the, you need people in your life who will encourage you. So when you get into situations in your life, how do you respond to those things? Do you call people up to commiserate or do you call people up to encourage, to put courage in you to walk the Lord's way? So this is the courage that we have. That there is a, this, this is the stance that he asked Joshua to take to see the walls of Jericho falling. To be obstinate, secure, planted, bold, 
brave, determined, persistent, strong. Maybe you don't feel that way. Maybe you're, maybe you're looking at Jericho and you're like, Jericho, could you fall? If it's okay with you, if it's okay with you, could you just fall? Okay, just a little crumble, like just one brick, please. Just, oh, no, that's inconvenient. I'm sorry. That's not strong or courageous. Strong or courageous is standing in front of that thing and saying, no, my God said, this is how I will approach this thing. I am not backing down on truth. God told Joshua that this must be his stance toward possessing the land. I love that after 40 years, his message of Joshua is, now Joshua, you just need patience. You just need hope. Joshua, actually, here's the thing. If you just have a good enough battle plan, Jericho will fall. If you can just, if you can just wait, it, no, he says, all you need is strength and courage. That's all you need is strength and courage. And he repeats himself three times here in our passage, even emphasizing again, be strong and very, be overflowing with courage. It was like he was asking Joshua, Joshua, are you ready for the fight that's in front of you? Are you ready for the fight that you're about to walk into? Are you ready? Are you ready to start fighting for everything that I've promised you? Are you ready to get your get your strength up? Are you ready to get your courage up? Are you ready to get your tenacity up? Because I have a promise for you, Joshua, but Joshua, I'm going to ask you to get your attitude, your mentality, your, your physical strength. I want you to get yourself ready to fight for what it is that I have for you. Imagine that message coming to you personally. What, what if God were to say, Bill, are you ready to fight for what I have for you? What if God were to speak that to you? Wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be something awesome? If he were to say, Teresa, I want you to, I want you to get yourself ready to fight for what I have for you because I've got something on the other side of those walls. Aaron, I want you to get yourself ready to fight for what I have for you because you know what's behind those walls and I'm calling you to tear those things down but I want you to get yourself, get your fist up, get your sword in your hand and get ready, get ready to fight for what God has for you. This is the message to Joshua, get ready, be strong and courageous. Now, I don't know about you, but courage doesn't always come easily in every situation. You get into situations and you, you think, I'm going to have courage. And then you get into the situation and you realize, I have no courage. That ever happened to anyone besides me? Like, I'm out. Peace. This was a good idea. When I walked it through in my mind, it was going to go like this, right? <laughs> you know? It's like playing a game of chess. And you're like, the other guy didn't do what he was, I thought he was supposed to do. And so, therefore, I can't win. Here in Joshua 1, every time God told him to have courage, I love this, in the passage I was reading this, he tells him three times. And I was wondering, why did he tell him three times? Again, when you read your Bible, ask questions. Ask questions. Why is he saying this? And I realized that every single time God spoke to Joshua, have courage, he told him with it, and Joshua, here's how to fuel your courage. See, it wasn't, it wasn't a one strategy approach. And so I want to show you through the scripture today how to fuel your courage because it, it tells us how. God told Joshua and the same principles apply today as they did back then. You might not be facing a physical Jericho, but the same principles apply. And the first principle that fuels our courage is this. Assignment fuels courage. 
Assignment fuels courage. Here, God reminds Joshua that he's on assignment. Let's look at the first time he says, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people. What was the assignment for Joshua? To lead these people. You be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land. And he actually gives them deeper assurance even beforehand when he says, by the way, I will give you every place where you step your foot. That's an awesome promise. Everywhere you step your foot is, for, is yours. Some of you would be like, I'm stepping my foot in Nordstrom. I'm stepping my foot in Best Buy. Uh, not that kind of step your foot. But there was a land that needed to be possessed. And so he says, wherever you step your foot. And then he says, no one will be able to stand against you. Nobody can stand against you. It's as if he truly believed that if God is for us, who can be against us? As the apostle Paul wrote that no one will stand against you. The very fact that this assignment was from God fueled Joshua's courage, I believe. That it was from God. When you know you're doing God's work, you can be confident that you will have God's help. When you know this is God's work, this is what God has asked me to do. This is God's assignment. And some of you and hopefully lots of you have experienced this in your life. You're going out and you're, you're doing something for the Lord. And maybe, maybe example, maybe the Lord, just like you were praying and he just gave you a word for someone and you just know it was from the Lord. And because you knew it was from the Lord, because you knew it was that the assignment now is, there's courage in there. Okay, well, I know this is from the Lord. Now it might be a little bit like I've never done this before, but there's a courage that comes with the assignment. If you ask God, I believe we've got to ask God for the assignment. I think some of us were just, we're saying, I'm just all over the place. God, I need this, I need this, I need this. And we don't even know what we need. And so we've got to go to the Lord and say, God, what's the assignment here? What would you have me do in this? Could you imagine what that would be like if in every troubled situation in our life, whether it was a relationship struggle, a work issue, whatever it was, where we say, God, what's my assignment in this? What's my assignment? I've never, I've never talked to anyone who said, and I was praying to the Lord, and the Lord said, I just want you to make sure that you're right. <laughs> I've never heard God give that assignment, right? I just want to make sure that you come out in a place where you look good at the end, and the other person looks bad. Like, God, what's my assignment? And if I don't know my assignment... And I'm not hearing the Lord. I, I need to go, okay, well, God, what's your general assignment for me as a husband? You know, God, this is, she's wrong here, Lord, and I'm right. And, you know. and husbands, lay down your life for your wives. Okay, that's the assignment. I guess I don't have to be right. In fact, usually you find out I actually was wrong anyway. But I lay down my life, right? We don't fight ever. So that I'm making this up in this scenario. It doesn't really happen, right? No, but the, but the stance is, and I hope that if you were to ask my wife, then she would say, when push comes to shove, my mentality and my approach is to take the assignment from the Lord and say, you know, my, my heart toward our marriage is to serve you and to bless you and to lay down my life for you. That's my assignment, Right? And your wives are like, yeah, that's right. You listen to, hey, you taking notes? You know, wives submit to your husbands, <laughs> right? I mean, 
What does that mean? And honor him. The Bible says to honor the husband as the head of the home, right? The husband's like, that's right, I'm in charge. Okay, wait, now you're not laying your life down again. We got a vicious circle, right? <laughs> you have to say it. It's probably not right. But that's, that's general. But there's specific things where you feel like the Lord has spoken to you and you're saying, go to the Lord and say, what's my assignment? You having struggles in the workplace and you're just so frustrated, say, God, what's my assignment here? I was talking to a friend of mine this week, um, and he was telling me that he started praying for his coworkers. If someone goes to church, I won't call them out because I didn't ask permission. Praying for their coworkers on the way to work. And you know what happens when you get to work and you've prayed for them? You show up to work and you clock in and you're on assignment. You've, something's shifted within you. Because you understand the assignment is to go and to be a light for Jesus in that workplace and to be a person of peace and not to be a person of trouble. And so we say, God, what's my assignment in here? And when we know our assignment, the courage from God will rise up. So if you need courage to be a light of Jesus in the, in the dark place, then say, God, what's my assignment? He says, my assignment is for you to shine bright. Okay, God, I'll have courage for that. Maybe God's calling you to break a cycle of addiction in your family, and you know that I was watching, I was watching a service from Angelus Temple down in, in California, and I was watching, um, it's not really my story to tell, but I'll tell it anyway, because it was on YouTube, so I can, I can say it. But some of you know Ed and Rebecca Torres, and their grandson has been down in, on, um, what's the name of the program? Uh, Dream Center. It's addiction recovery. And, uh, and he's been down, for, down there for three years and has completely surrendered his life to the Lord. Just got hired. He's on staff now at Dream Center down in California. And he said, he was sharing his testimony recently. And, uh, and he said, my, I feel like my assignment from God has been to break the cycle of addiction, not just in my life, but in my family. And, and because he knows his assignment, there was a courage that came to him. And as he was closing out his testimony, he said, I want to bring up three of my cousins who are in their first year of recovery right now. And they came up, and they are now there, and they're recovering. And now you, I, Ed, Ed sent me a text message last night. He said, four of my grandchildren are set free. Because one knew his assignment and had courage. I don't know what that took. I don't know the whole situation, but, you know, there's probably some courage, some calls or text message. Listen, cousin, you need to get down here before your life is completely destroyed. And to see the freedom because this man had courage in his life because he knew his assignment. And when you know your assignment, you know that God is with you. So whatever that looks like, when I know I'm on assignment, I'm more bold and more confident. Number, number two, verse seven. He says, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. See, if Joshua would have... So here's the thing. Obedience fuels courage. Our obedience will fuel our courage. If Joshua would have chosen not to follow the Lord's command, he would have been foolish to have courage facing the battles that lie ahead. If you look at the history in Israel, when they disobeyed the Lord's ways and went to battle, they lost. But when they followed the Lord's ways and went to battle, they won. He says, the Lord says, don't turn to the right or to the left so that... That's interesting. I believe he was saying, Joshua, don't turn to the right or to the left so that you'll be successful. See, when we start wandering, we can't guarantee that success, but when we follow the Lord's ways, it gives us assurance of the Lord's aid. There's no promise of success for the half-hearted. 
There's no promise of success for those who kind of follow the Lord's path. Well, I kind of was doing it your way, God, and so bless me. I don't see that. I, I think about these stories. Man, you walk in the fullness of God. You walk in. Do, do you, have you read the Old Testament and just like your head spinning? You're like, and another king came and he was wicked and did not serve the Lord, right? And then another king came and he was followed the Lord in all of his ways. And, and you read these things. I love that there's a story. We're not going to get into it in, our, in, our, in this series. But after Jericho, there was a guy named Achan and he stole a bunch of stuff the Lord's told not to stole. And, then they, and so he's in sin. They went to battle and got their, their heinies kicked and then repented and got right with the Lord and walked in the Lord's way and went back into battle and won easily. See, when there is a obedience to the Lord, we can be confident. We can be confident. And we find in all these situations, all, and it happened over and over in the Old Testament, that the, the variable there was whether or not they were walking in obedience. Some people don't believe that God's way is the best way. Have you ever met anybody like that? Yeah, I've met a few. When you get into difficult situations, I want to just, I want to give you a guarantee that you can walk away with. This is a guarantee. Like you can write this down, you can like put it in pen and you just need to hear this. This is for you. This isn't for your spouse. This isn't for your best friend. This is only for you. You don't have a better plan than God does. You don't, you don't, you can't come up with a better, well, God, I was thinking, and I know you said this, but God, I don't know you didn't consider all these things, Lord. Maybe you just didn't know. I have this idea and I have this. If you're walking in obedience to the Lord in your life, that should fuel your courage because you can have confidence that there's this really simple equation. God's ways equals victory. It's what we see in God's word over and over again. You follow God's ways and that equals victory. I'm not saying that you won't have hardship or you won't have struggles, but there's victory in the Lord when you walk in his ways. So obedience fuels courage. So we, we go to the Lord and we say, God, I'm on assignment for you. And that assignment fuels me. And then, God, I'm going to obey you. And that obedience fuels my courage. But I love this last one. He says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. You know that God with you fuels courage. God with you. When you know God is with you, courage is so natural. It's so, it's so natural. You remember in school when you played sports in PE? And there's always that like really one freakish guy or girl, athletically. And you're just like, please let me be on their team. Let me be on their, I don't even care if I'm picked last. I just want to be on their team. Does anyone remember that, right? Because <laughs> it didn't matter. This, this last summer I was down in Oregon and I was playing pickleball and um, I was playing with a group of people, and there was this one lady on the court, and she was so good. She was better than everybody else. And we would rotate through and get different teams and whatnot, and it was just, it's constant rotation. And finally got to the point where I got, where her and I ended up paired up on the same team. And when I walked onto the court, because I had been watching her play all morning, and when I walked onto the court and I was on her team, instantly in my, my mind, I went, we're going to win. <laughs> I, and we did. She was really good. <laughs> and you know what happened though? I played better. <laughs> I played loose. I played confidently. I played boldly because I was like, she's better than anyone else out here. So we're just we're gonna win. Unless I'm really bad, we're gonna win. Because I was, in that moment, I was confident that because she was with me, 
We had it. How much more so in our life when we walk into situations, if we go, the Lord is with me. He's, he's, I got him on my team. I can't lose. I can't lose this. And there's something in me that goes, you know what? I'm, in fact, I'm going to be a little more bold about this. I'm going to have a little swagger in the spirit because I know that God's on my team. And you start walking, you know, and you got that foot dragging behind you, you know, like that. And, you know, because you're like, the Lord is on my team. When God's with you, you have confidence. I just scarred at least my children, maybe more of you. That's okay, because when the Lord is with you, there's courage. And that's the way you should be carrying yourself in the spirit. The enemy comes at you and tries to tempt you and, and attack you. You know what? God's with me. I can't fail here. I'm going to have courage to do the things that God's called me to do. If you knew, if you have situations and you knew you got in this situation and you knew there was a 100% chance of success and a 0% chance of failure, do you think courage would be easy for you? What if you knew that the best one, the, the greatest one that there ever was is on your team, on your side? You'd be bolder. But we forget that sometimes. We get in these situations and we cower like we're, there's nothing. And yet, if we could just remember, you know what? God's with me in this situation. I don't have to come up with all the right words to say. I don't have to do all the right things. I, I have to just follow the Lord and know that he is with me. I want to leave you with this passage out of Isaiah 41. Verse 10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Friends, you have the Lord on your team, and that should fuel your courage, knowing that God is with you. So I want to encourage you this week as you go out, fuel your courage. Fuel your courage. Live your life like you're actually on assignment, because you know what? You are. Live your life like you're on assignment from the Lord. Live your life that way. You fuel your courage. Be committed to walking in obedience to God. And never forget that God is with you. And allow your courage to be fueled so that when you walk into these situations, you, like Joshua, can walk around the walls of Jericho and know these walls are coming down. Some of you need that kind of courage today. Would you stand? I want to pray over you. Just close your eyes before the Lord and let's Let's just come to him in prayer. As we do that, I just, I just know, I just know that I know that some of you are staring at Jericho right now and you are overwhelmed and you are defeated and you are frustrated. God wants to place Jericho, uh, the, the courage to have Jericho fall today. He wants to place courage. And if you're in that place this morning, you're saying, you know what? I am overwhelmed. I am defeated. I am frustrated. Would you just lift your hands up to the Lord right now? Like we're going to say, God, send some courage down this way. God, would you fuel our courage today? Would you fuel our courage? Lord, I pray for those right now that are feeling overwhelmed and they're just, in general, Lord, I pray you give them assignment today. An assignment. Put them on assignment for you, Lord God. God, would you fuel our courage today as we walk in assignment, as we walk in obedience, Lord God, as we walk knowing that you are with us. God, I pray for those that are overwhelmed right now, that they feel like Jericho's winning. It will never fall. It will never be broken. 
It will always be this way. Lord, I pray that you would put such a confidence and a courage within us that we would be able to shout out, no, Jericho must fall because I have God with me. Because I am walking in his ways. Because I am on an assignment from the Lord to see victory in this area of my life. So Lord God, I pray for anyone here who's discouraged and who's afraid and who's overwhelmed and who's frustrated, Lord God. Come and meet them in this place right now, I pray, Lord Jesus. I pray that you would begin to put some, stir some courage in their heart, Lord God, to face whatever it is they're facing. Lord, you know your people, and you know there's people going through some hard things right now. Lord God, they need some courage. They need some courage to walk through this challenging situation. Lord, place courage in our hearts, we ask. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' name. We're going to close with this song here. Pastor Mike has for us. If you'd like prayer today, additional prayer, I know I just prayed for us, but if you want additional prayer, we do have a ministry team. We'd love to pray for you. This really may have resonated within you this morning saying, man, I need, to, I need someone to pray with me. 